Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's episode. So we've noticed one thing with Mark. It seems like you guys really, really enjoy when we take real life websites and kind of analyze them and you know give our feedback on them or talk about whether we buy them or not, etc. And so this week we've done it again. We've picked a different concept this time. What we're gonna do is we are going to be picking several sites that we find by Googling popular affiliate keywords and we are going to highlight some potential mistakes they've made and ways they could actually make a lot more money. And the idea is that, well, maybe you're making these mistakes and maybe you can apply the fixes that we would recommend to these websites and you can make more money. And if that's the case, don't hesitate to let us know in the comments below, but also don't hesitate to hit the like button below, subscribe and click on the notification bell because we are really pushing YouTube right now. We'd like to make sure that you don't miss our next video. So now I'm not going to fluff you anymore. Let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. A lot of people in their careers, they tend to progress, they tend to like, you know, charge more and more and make more and more money. Mark and I were kind of the opposite, so we used to actually charge to consult for people, and in this episode, we're actually going to do this for free. And that is essentially the concept of the episode. We are going to be taking a bunch of you know, affiliate sites slash authority sites. And we're going to be finding like quite big issues with them that are probably holding them back from making money. Obviously, this is all hypothetical, right? These things need to be tested in real life to be sure, but we're going to try to essentially do some uh, consulting for them, which should give you some ideas on what to fix on your own websites because we try to identify issues that a lot of people have on their sites so that you can both entertain yourself and learn something that might be useful for your site. But before that, we all know what's coming now and that is what the hell is going on, Mark? That's not a question. The question's how's it going or what the hell is going? That sounds like, I don't know, a bit more aggressive. Uh, I know. I, don't know I, I just went for a different style and I realized it didn't work. Uh, so let's just uh, let's just pretend we're cutting it, but we're I, not I, really I, cutting I it. I don't have too much life updates, but one interesting thing is that we decided to move our microphones slightly closer to our faces, <laughs> so we sound like we're on the radio more. Does it's it make like it sound better? I was explaining I uh, sound uh, sound engineering to Mark. That I, like the two articles I've read about it. I'm not a sound engineer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the two, so, the two, the so two. Uh, your, your, your definition two of sound on engineering. <laughs> Further away sounds bad. Closer sounds like radio. Yeah, that sounds like this late night radio host. You know, so if you're on that kind of like you know, 4 a.m. radio voice, then you talk really close to the microphone and we have these kind of microphones that do that. So if you want to do that and then if our sound editor can just like increase the bass a little bit, that would uh, that would help with that effect as well. The bass? You mean the bass? The bass, okay, fine. Bass is a type of fish. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> it's just sound engineering you couldn't understand possibly. Uh, <laughs> it's just like industry lingo, man. It's just, you don't know sure, about it. Sure, sure. Let's move on to people actual didn't come for that. stuff. So let's we'll get, get a fishing report at the end. Okay, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the fishing at the end. But now let's jump into the first site. And actually, I'm going to do the first one. And the first I'm going to be talking about is a pretty cool niche, actually. It's called MySubscriptionAddiction.com. I don't know how many people are addicted to subscribing to things, at least not consciously. But the, the site is uh, surprisingly getting a lot of traffic. I was very surprised. According to Ahrefs, they get pretty much half a million visits per month. And they used to be close to a million. So it's like, uh, and they review, as you could guess from the name, subscription boxes, you know, like there is a lot, a lot of these things in the US, much more than you would imagine, a lot of these small companies, etc. And actually, a lot of these companies have affiliate programs, not all, I think they do need to negotiate 
probably deals with some of them. But given their size, I think they, they can definitely pull some deals. And it's very surprising how well uh, this site is doing in terms of SEO. But as you will see, there are other aspects of that site that are not doing so well. And I was very, very disappointed given the amount of potential they have at what they've been doing. And so I'm just going to jump into their problems right away. I think that makes more sense. I just gave you some context. They are 68, by the way. So it's like high DR, but not unreachable for people who stay, like stick to a site for several years, you know? Like we've had sites, you know, not around that. Yeah, I mean, Autorio Hacker is higher deal than that, for example. So that it's possible for even small people to build a site like that. I think it's a cool niche to look at if you haven't looked at it yet. The problem with that site, the main problem is that the formatting is all over the place. I don't know who the hell is a designer, but it's terrible. Basically, I, I put some examples in the note mark and we're going to overlay them in B-roll so people can see. But there's some parts of the site that you know are underlined, that are clickable, and some parts that are not clickable. So like random UI element in like, for example, I was checking the best makeup subscription box article, you can see that they have these, the 16 best makeup boxes our readers recommend the most. You'd imagine that this is clickable. You try to click on this, it's absolutely not clickable. It doesn't work. And then when they link to the actual box, you know, when they make a rounder preview, they underline the name in the H2 and that is clickable. And that's the only way you can click to actually reach the website of that box. And there's no button below that. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the headlines look like buttons at the same time, but they're not clickable. Basically, it's a fucking massive mess in terms of CTA and usability. It's breaking all the codes of the internet to try to be a little bit fancy and fashionista in the fucking web design. And it's confusing to most users, I would say. I see you want to say something about this. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> not about this. It's about you. Uh, okay. Speaking, speaking of a fucking mess, I, I think I'd like to revise my answer to the how's it going, Mark, question. To, <laughs> it's, it's going really bad now. Uh -huh. um, I've just tried to open all of these Google Doc links that you shared, shared in the notes. And they're in some secret part of your Google Drive and they're not shared. So you're the only person that can access them, which is... For those who don't know, aside from bad intros and content, it's my my number two pet peeve in the world is when people do that. We actually have a meme, uh, a custom Slack emoticon for one of our, our team members who used to do this a lot. And whenever someone does that, we just post that in Slack. So They're also in their introduction and in their conclusions for their random previews, which gets like tens of thousands of visits per month. They don't actually even mention the, the main product, the product they recommend as well. So there's basically, their call to actions are all over the place. I would say their click-through rate is probably very low to their call to action, and that's probably costing them, you know, five or six figure per month, given the amount of traffic that they're getting. And that is uh, pretty impressive how bad that is and how bad the design is. On top of that, if you open the site on desktop, it's extremely wide and very, very hard to read. You will see that the fonts as well are a very light color, which kind of like doesn't contrast enough with the black, the background. And it's like they make really big paragraphs as well without uh, images, etc. So the whole thing is, is great content. Actually, I checked the readability as well. I checked it on Grammarly, etc. It's well written. It's all done pretty well, etc. But they don't break down their paragraphs. They don't do anything. Stuff that looks clickable is not clickable. They don't have buttons to call to actions. The fonts are like uh, pretty terrible, etc. And they do the same with uh, single reviews as well. So I actually uh, showed you a link to this GQ 
best GQ box or something. And again, they have really, really bad CTAs. So when you actually look at this on the review, you will see that there's no button. They they have a coupon for it, for example, and they just say coupon expiring soon. And then <laughs> at the end of that program, they just say, just use this link. And then it's just like underlined. The link is not even a different color or anything like that. And that is their call to action, basically. So people that skim the content will never find their links because they have no link color. It's the same color as the text. Oh man, I, I kind of wish you hadn't shared these images with me now. I'm looking at them and it's just like, oh, my eyes. This is, uh, it's bad. This is yeah. pretty horrible. But can you imagine getting like this much traffic? Because Ahrefs massively underestimates traffic, right? So they're leaving well, so much not as table. much anymore. They changed that last week. I have a video about that. Did you recheck? Out, coming out soon. I rechecked it. Yes, yeah, so it's gotten more accurate and more like higher. The estimations are okay, all higher cool. than they were previously. Okay, so uh, it's probably, the, but it's still a bit underestimated. It's no? still underestimated, yeah. Okay, so like they probably get more than half a million given that it's almost at half a million HRS. Uh Yeah, so they basically do that and on all their call to actions. And they, if you look at the headlines, you see they make these boxes as well. Like, and it looks like a button and you click it, it's not clickable. <laughs> it's like underlined and everything. So, so, so the, is, I mean, the, the, the thing with crazy, all that right? is they've done the hard work. Like yes. The, the content itself <laughs> is good. It's just all the formatting organization presentation, which is relatively easy to fix. So I think if they did that, they would really like increase their revenue quite significantly. Yeah. So in my opinion, this deserves a full redesign. Like this needs to be fully redesigned and you need to fire the current designer and put someone else in charge <laughs> because this guy is costing you a fuck ton of money and that is kind of amazing. Like pick a color foldings, put blue color or pink color, whatever you want, but like make a standard color foldings. Every time you mention a product as a section, when you make a round of preview, for example, for each item, at the end of that section, put a button so people can go and check the website. And, you know, that's your affiliate link and you will make some money, especially if the button has a decent color and stands out pretty well. When you underline things on the internet, it means they're clickable. So don't underline things that are not clickable all over your UX because that is very confusing to the user. They're going to try to click on something. It's not going to work. And then next time they will see your affiliate link, they will not click on it because they will think that it's not clickable. Um, and it's just going to be like very, very confusing. Work on a typography that contrasts better with your background, make it a little bit black, like more black or something. Make the site layout more narrow. Like um, there's a reason why newspapers are laid out the way they're laid out, right? Newspapers don't write along the entire width of the page. They make small columns and you read through the small column because that, that uh, has a good retention for the reader and it's easier to read. And it's kind of the same for a lot of websites. A lot of people make their websites columns too wide. Usually, I can't remember, I was talking to Queen... I think from, uh, what's, her, what's her company again? Z Zeta Labs. Yeah, so I, I think she was telling me like, uh, we ended up at like 650 width of, on pixels. It was pretty uh, a pretty pretty narrow. It's not uh, that many characters that you can put. I'm pretty sure like they should cut by like 30% or something. So basically it's too wide. It's not very easy to read. And break down your paragraphs, please. I mean, people can see when I write like the newsletter, for example, on Atari Hacker. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like the opposite of what they do. It's like, I'm writing three words and I go to the next line, etc. I agree, sometimes I overdo this, but I think it allows people, it makes it fresh and easy to read and you feel like you're progressing through the content and so you're more likely to keep reading versus like you're still staring at the same huge paragraph for that, you know? 
By the way, our newsletter uh, comes out every Friday, and Gail basically writes a mini blog post there, yeah. like stuff that just wouldn't work on Google, on Google. because of search <laughs> intent and, and all that. But like some really cool stuff, and we've got been getting some really good feedback from you guys and our uh, support recently. So appreciate uh, everyone who's who's let us know what they think about that. If you want to subscribe, authorityhacker.com forward slash subscribe, and you can get a new email pretty much every Friday. Yeah, we, could, we could probably criticize that subscribe page on that podcast too, by the way. <laughs> just, saying, just to say that we don't just give shit to people that don't give shit to ourselves. That subscribe page needs work. Uh, we have a bit of a redesign coming up, so when that comes up, probably we'll be working on that. But yeah, the newsletter has been pretty cool. I will actually mention that in my second example. But in this case, yeah, it's an example of a site that did all the hardest part, like the hardest, getting that much traffic, getting all that content up, ranking number one for an incredible amount of keywords. It's not that big of a niche, but because they rank number one for so many keywords, that's why they get so much traffic. But they're, they're shooting themselves like with a shotgun in the foot, you know, for their money right now. And it's, uh, it's it, as you can guess, it's painful. Uh, when you shoot yourself uh, with a guy in the foot. <laughs> and so it's it's pretty painful to watch. And that was my first example. I'm pretty sure we can more than double their revenue if they actually implemented that. They don't even need to do anything else and revenue could be massively increased. So if you guys are listening to that podcast or you know someone that uh, works on that website, because every time we mention a website, I seem to get a message from the person who owns the site or works on that site. Yeah, to make them listen to this because uh, I think it's a huge opportunity, actually. All right, let's move on to the next example, which I've picked out here. It's a website called vpnsurfers.com. It's a one-year-old site, DR35, in the VPN niche, which is highly competitive, but also a lot of money at stake there. I mean, some of these VPN software guys pay $80 plus per conversion, which is pretty impressive. And that's why there's a lot of competition from not just big authority sites, but like big tech sites uh, start writing about VPNs as well. PC, Um, Mac, TechRadar, etc. Yeah, they use their authority to be able to you get on page one for a bunch of these terms and, and can, so you got to compete with those people as well. VPN surfers only has about 1,000 traffic according to Ahrefs at the moment. Probably have a bit more than that in reality, not only because Ahrefs tends to un- underestimate a little bit. It's pretty reliable in how it does underestimate, but it, it underestimates. But also because the site's growing quite quickly and Ahrefs can take time to kind of just catch up a, a, a bit if a site's growing really, really quickly. So... As I was looking into this, one of the first things I always look at is, is this a real site? Is this a real person behind it? Who's kind of responsible for this? And I found this lady, Madeline Hodson. Looked her up on LinkedIn, doesn't exist. Reversed image searched her. No other mentions except I found her on another site called privacysharks.com. And I'm just really confused why these two sites exist because they're basically carbon copies of each other. And we'll we'll get into some of the nuance of that in, in a little bit, but... I thought, okay, well, maybe sometimes someone has an established site and then they they build a second site in the same niche, you know, to capture more of the traffic because it's working really well. But That's these two the sites here. started about the same time, about a year ago, and they're both kind of in a similar position, growth-wise or traffic-wise, at least. So I'm perplexed by why someone would do that. You're almost always better focusing and focusing on one project. The people at the top get an outsized return um, in, t- in terms of uh, traffic and, and sales, obviously, in this case as well. Also, Gail made a video a couple years ago on uh, like reverse searching uh, using Ahrefs affiliate programs, like the patterns they use. 
in yeah, you the can link. find all the sites too, yeah. So I, I, I triple checked to, just to make sure this wasn't a bigger site, starting two newer sites by looking at one of the, I think it was NordVPN I put in and or CyberGhost and they had uh, their affiliate IDs in there and it was only those two. So this is just specific to these two. So I'm, I'm really not quite sure what, what's, what's happening here. But either way, I want to talk about this site because there's some interesting things we can learn from it. So the first thing which I think they need to work on is their their content and their understanding of of search intent. So there's an article on their best lifetime VPN in 2021. And my understanding of looking at this is that the lifetime options for a VPN service, which bear in mind the service provider has to pay monthly costs and ongoing fees for hosting or, or whatever throughput. It's probably not a good business model to sell a lifetime on something like this. And there have been cases where lifetime VPNs have gone out of business, but they don't address that at all. They don't even address a lifetime VPN. They address what is a VPN. Like it start, starts off by explaining what it is. So you have to think, think of who is searching for the keywords best lifetime VPN. What do they already know? They probably already know what a VPN is. They probably already looked at pricing on some. They're probably thinking, oh, well, if I'm paying for a few years, can't I just get a lifetime deal? What are the options? They're trying to discover these, these things. They don't need to be told stuff they already know, which is what this, this affiliate article is, is doing. And I think that's a, a big mistake. So I'll put the article on the screen on our, our YouTube channel. But if you look at the, the first view someone gets when they look at this article, they have this little blurb of text at the top and okay, that's irrelevant. So the next thing their eyes are drawn to is this pricing table, which has six VPN services. You know, it's your, your typical affiliate table that a, a lot of lot of sites have have at the top. But it's it's really sort of confusing because, and I'll get into some of the CRO issues a, a bit with them, but none of these VPNs have lifetime deals and I'm looking for a lifetime VPN service. So there's like a just a big disconnect between what someone's looking for and what they find on the page. Yeah, but if you look at the number one, I check Comparitech right now, the number one, and they put the same ones actually. It's like, it's just yeah, a fucking giant scam on that keyword, you know? It's a, it's an issue, but the, the sites which are ranking better for this, you'll, you'll find they do a better job of explaining yeah, quite true. early on why this is an issue. Whereas if you, if you were this one, it's at, they actually explain it, but it's at the very end of the article. It's like the, in the FAQ section right at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So it's a real problem there. I don't think they're thinking through what someone already knows and what value you can you can bring. Yeah, Comparitech does explain that before they bring out the same VPNs. They actually say, hey, like they might go out of business, etc. Like it's much more sensible to the query than this uh, site. Yeah, this site goes on to say sort of it's not worth uh, purchasing a lifetime VPN. And the reason for that that they give is because popular companies don't offer it. That's not the reason. The, the reason is because the server costs are going to be high over time and they're likely to go out of business so you won't get value from it. They even mentioned a specific example of Dissemble VPN, which uh, shut down after some lifetime deal. But again, it's right at the end. So yeah, I, I don't like the way they're they're constructing their, their content from, from this perspective. The next issue I have with them is their CRO. And there's a 
big, big opportunity to do stuff here. First of all, like you, you mentioned uh, fonts and design in, in your site. I'm going to say the same. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm reading this word for word from my notes. Font also sucks balls. Like it's really bad. It's, it's rare that I would see a website and say, oh, this has a bad font because I'm not graphically inclined, small. but it's just bad. Quick fix, but at the moment doesn't doesn't look very good. They also have these weird category buttons at the top of the article, which they're a little bit distracting. I get what they're doing there, but it almost feels like should they be part of the article or not? It's like it's not really in the menu. They should put it in the drop down menu. Not super clear. That's kind of the now one of the most interesting things I've seen about this site, and this is the first time I think I've ever seen it, is in the affiliate table, the like top top ten. They've got top six at the top, although they have Mm -hmm. a show more button. In each line, if you click on on the show more button, yeah, it it's like a crazy. text toggle for a massive expanded area. Yeah. And they have this wall of text about, in this case, one of the VPN providers, NordVPN, I'm, I'm looking at. And it's like 20 lines of text or something like that. And it's all the same. I looked on, on their other articles. This is duplicate content on every article, on every table. Can you select it? I can't select the text as well. It looks like an image to me. It's not an image. I'm right-clicking on it. It's definitely not an image. Uh, Yeah, it is. It is a paragraph. It's just, I can't select it for some reason. So there's some weird stuff. I have the same issue. There's some some weird stuff going on. Maybe they're trying to hide it or something. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. It's a bit weird. One thing which did, which I did think about though, is they have in this text toggle geolocations available and they just have a list of I don't know, like 40, 50 countries or something like that. So I'm wondering if that's a way for them to like sprinkle those country keywords within an article about best lifetime VPN. So so you end up ranking for best lifetime VPN in In Croatia or Turkey or these small, small, small keywords. I'm not sure if that's what they're doing. I'm not sure if this this is a particularly viable strategy the way they've included in there but i could see it work though it's like i know it's shit but i could see it work for that yeah at least but like a lot of people are starting to do a lot of these drop down stuff like you can see on top as well the introduction has this show more button and you expand it and like it's not that big but a lot of people will put a lot more content but if you check big affiliate sites like node wallet for example they do that too oh really yeah yeah it's like a lot of people are starting to hide more and more stuff behind toggles so that they can optimize the landing page layout above the fold while also making google happy and throwing a bunch of content it's kind of stupid we're getting at this point and that google is like (laughs) like that way but rewarding it yeah but that's the world we live in and uh like if you look at like these really really competitive queries like i do that a lot for the newsletter you will notice that like quite a few people do that and i think that where it comes from I would say this is maybe taken a little bit far with the drop down on each item I'd rather just tease people to I mean I I, I see they're just getting for the world count you know they want the, they want more words on the page and it looks like a, a just a table and just a little bit of content below but I'm wondering like you know toggles have historically indexed worse than like text that is visible off the bat without a click and if that gets bigger I could see I could see Google like pushing that even more where like text behind toggles counts less or something like this because it's, yeah. it's becoming ridiculous basically. Also in the table, they've, they have a bunch of their images missing, which is just, it just looks sloppy and I've just no idea why they've they've let that happen. It's, it appears all over their site. This is like images of the VPN company's uh, logos, not there, so easy enough to, to get. I see them. I don't know. Maybe you have a bug actually. Okay. Maybe I'll turn off my ad blocker and then uh, see if that... That's probably what's happening. They have some weird JavaScript yeah, going on. Yeah, that was it. That was yeah, it. That yeah. was it. That worked. 
they have uh, so actually that's a, that's a good lesson try your site with uh, various ad blockers because we've had this problem on yeah, authority the sales hacker pages. before on our sales page some of the buttons yeah. To go from the sales page to the cart were being blocked by some because they were animated. <laughs> yeah, so, so something to pay attention to on your your affiliate sites yep. too if you don't have an ad blocker in, installed. Okay, so moving on the individual review sections, they have a lot of problems here. They just have a la- lack of links. So they they have a a button, a pretty big button at the the bottom, which is you know okay. And there's one in content text link, but. There's no reason not to have the title of the review box a link and maybe the image as well. That, I would have um, a button you, even like next to the logo or something like try now or something like this. Yeah, if you look at VPN Mentor, which I think is the biggest VPN site, it's so clear and obvious when they, they do it. It's a logo, it's a big orange button that stands out massively. We've tested and you're, that. you're just drawn to that. We've tested that as well. Like I mean, I think the theory behind that is that the SEO person believes that you know, believes in that theory that, oh, if there's too many affiliate links, then you're not going to rank as well. We have tested that on sites in industry very, very close to this one. <laughs> and I can tell you for a fact that it didn't affect it. We had pages with hundreds of affiliate links, you know, across like a really big page, right? But hundreds of links in total, it was no problem to rank. So yeah, don't don't buy into that. It's a mistake because they're losing on conversions and they already don't have that much traffic. So like that at this point where like they could start paying their bills probably. But with the clicks they probably have from this page, they don't, I would believe. So, yeah. And my final, final point on all this stuff is at the very end of the article, there's no call to action, no link to the number one. It's just the author bio and there's a link to their category page there. And it's just, it's... It's not very well thought through, to be honest. We're going to talk um, more about conclusions in mind, but yeah, I think people really, really don't do conclusions well. And it's a huge missed yeah. opportunity. Finally, the other issue with this is it's just low DR. And that's not really a kind of, they're not doing anything wrong. I think they're doing quite well, given that it's only a year old to get where they've got to in a relatively competitive industry. Just, you know, you look at some of the competitors in, uh, for, for the, Competitive terms, everyone's DR80 plus, which is like really tough to go against. That being said, this keyword, the best lifetime VPN, which probably not that competitive. I mean, probably not that many people searching for it. Ahrefs says 30 a month, but you still have, uh, it still has a keyword difficulty of 44, which initially you're thinking, oh, that's pretty hard. Keyword difficulty, for those who don't know, is just a, it's the number of links pointing to the top 10 results in the SERP for that keyword. That's all it is. But what's interesting here about this this keyword, and this can skew how KD is reported sometimes. If you actually look at it, there's two sites. So there's one site in particular, it's Android Central, and they have a, a page, androidcentral.com slash deal. So that's like their general best VPN deal page. It's not targeted towards this keyword. They just probably mentioned lifetime deals somewhere in there, and they're DR83, so they're Right, and that page has two hundred twenty thousand backlinks, so they're that's why they're ranking. But those two hundred twenty thousand backlinks are adding to the keyword difficulty of this term when they're not directly competing for it. So, is it really that difficult a keyword? This one? Well, no, probably not, because you have a dr twenty two site with one backlink in in third. So, when you're looking at keyword difficulty, just pay attention to those those kind of finer. Um, dynamics when before you decide if it's if it's worth competing with or not. Yeah, uh, I mean, cure difficulties like it, you need to go quite large now in scope. Like I've I've found, you know, I used to be quite intense onto it, but like the problem with Ahrefs is they don't really 
disqualify shit links. And QO difficulty is 100% based on links to page. It's not even based on domain authority or domain rating or something. This is just like how many links to that page. And you know, with all these shitty QO tools like scraping and like uh, linking to it, etc., it kind of like, it spoils the metric quite a lot. And you will find that, especially in industries where there is high authority size that do get scraped more, like you tend to get scraped more as you get bigger authority, then you it will just inflate in general the KD of most keywords. But it doesn't mean they can't you can't compete because really these links don't count. Right? They just don't from these scraper sites. And so I find myself less and less relying on KD or like at least putting a much bigger bracket of uh, like I used to be like, okay, like don't go above 10, etc. But like, you know, now I'm like pushing to like 20, 25, 30 sometimes just because of, of these inflated metrics. In some industry, after I get a feel for the industry, it kind of gives me a, a, a feel for like how much I can expand buy, but I think uh, if you rely too intensely on KD, you're going to be missing opportunities. And even for smaller sites, sometimes it can, there's opportunities in, on higher KD sites, not because the queue on keywords rather, not because the keyword is more difficult, but because these scraper sites mess up with the metric, I would say. It's a problem. I wish HRS would ignore them, actually. Just to wrap up on this, on this, I think there's two things they could do to, to double their revenue very quickly. If they do nothing and they just increase their DR, they just work on link building, they will grow significantly. If they do no link building and just improve their content and specifically their, their CRO, they'll probably double the amount of revenue they're making just by, by making the existing articles that are ranking get more click-throughs and eventually sales. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good base for a site. It just needs tweaks. That's kind of like what I went for as well with my examples. I try to pick like sites that are like good bases and not just like pick a, a shit site and like say it's shit or something. Like I wanted to pick sites that like you know, they're challenging and they have big opportunities in front of them if they pick the right opportunity. And that's kind of like... I think it's it's important to be critical of, of, of a site and that's kind of what we're doing a lot in this. But at the same time, I mean, they've built a crap ton of links in the first year. And, yeah, yeah. you know, to be competing with some of these bigger DR80 sites is, is really impressive. Yeah, so, all these sites know, are great. They, all the sites we're going through today, like I'd be very, very happy to like have one of these, to be honest. Like they're really well built. And actually, let's just take this as a transition to jump onto the next one. And uh, I'm going to talk about something that I'm sure a lot of people care about. We don't talk a lot about on this podcast. We're going to talk about crypto because, yeah. So I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to tell you what to invest in. Uh, sorry, I'm not very good at cryptos, to be honest. Sorry. But I'm going to talk about that site called CryptoVantage.com, which I think is a really, really good base, but is missing out on a few opportunities that could lead to, first, some more money now, but most importantly, a business model that could generate a crap ton of money if they did it properly. And we're going to talk a little bit about email here, etc. Um, but let's just put some context around this. This site was started in March 2020. Ahrefs credits it for 20,000 organic traffic. So it's not that much traffic, but 20,000 organic traffic in the financial market, it's starting to count. And, and these visits are worth a lot of money. It's not like uh, 20,000 visits in your gardening site, you know? It's like, it's like they're going to make significantly more money with this, these visits than you will with like a more generic niche. So don't sleep on it. Some of these financial sites can make decent money with not that many visits. And I think this site is one of them if it fixes a few things, actually. I think the site, the branding, the feel of it is nice. I like it a lot. It's a great base. The RDR52. So again, it's not a DR that's unreachable for most people listening to this podcast. It's doable to get to that DR. It's just uh, it would probably take like some time, but... Uh, 
yeah, we, I know a lot of members who have DRs higher than that. And then they do the classic authority site. But I like that they don't just do affiliate queues. They do, right? They have like this best of category and you will see like best crypto banking apps, best crypto tax software, best crypto portfolio trackers, credit card trade bots, tools, etc., etc. They have stuff on NFTs as well with like, you know, a best NFT marketplace, etc. So they do, they do that affiliate stuff. But they also do kind of like news type stuff and like, you know, where the market drops, which is about every like uh, 12 hours, I would say, in that market. You know, they have an article that comes out about it. They have some analysis, etc. So they try to be a bit of a news portal as well. And uh, they need to refine a bit the news content so it's a bit more readable. But overall, it's it's pretty cool. I like it overall. I think it's a great site. And they do rank for some very interesting keywords. For, for example, I saw that they rank number five for Kraken versus Binance, for example. So that's like a really, really good affiliate keyword. They rank, I think, number five as well for best crypto trading, but they rank for Bitrex versus Binance. So these are like extremely monetizable keywords that could be making significant amounts of money for that site. But then I went through the top pages in Ahrefs and I started clicking around. And one of the top page was actually this uh, Bitrex versus Binance page, right? And then my surprise when I got on that page is there was not a single call to action to any of the exchanges, literally none of those mentioned are no competitor. I understand that maybe none of those has an affiliate program. I didn't look to be frank, but from what I know, most of them do have one and they pay really quite well. But even if they didn't, it's like, just make a section of like alternatives and make a list of like all the other exchanges people can sign up for. I know Coinbase pays and I know a few others do pay. And especially when they have the Coinbase call to action on their homepage, it feels like a massive waste. One of the big reasons to use an affiliate link management plugin like uh, Thirsty Affiliates is to, if they don't have an affiliate program, then you can still uh, yeah, we do use that, this yeah. to link to them. And then say they come out with an affiliate program next year, you can then go back and just update one link in Thirsty and it's going to update all the links across your site to be affiliate sites. So it's very easy to add stuff in future. We've done that quite a bit. Yeah, it's like uh, you can just do that and it just allows you to instantly monetize when an affiliate comes, program comes out. Actually, uh, Mailshake just released an affiliate program. I'm sure we have hundreds of links to them on the Atari Hackers. It's something we should be looking at. But yeah, all the time we were recommending it before we didn't get paid. Now they just released an affiliate program. Maybe we'll make some money. That's not the topic. The topic is that they have several of these under-monetized pages on the domain. And I think when you get 20,000 visits, it's like, you know, it's a good beginning, but it's not the point where you can waste that traffic and like not monetize these pages. Uh, especially, I believe they have a significant investment in that site. And I think they, if they monetize these few top pages and really revisited their top 50, that would be a massive opportunity. The second thing that I was quite surprised with is when you go on the homepage, you see that they have a giveaway on top a contest on a yellow uh, hello bar uh, where you can win $1,500, $1,000 or $500 to invest in crypto. And it takes you to a Gleam, uh, a Gleam uh, giveaway. I'm wondering if they checked my really old blueprint on Atari Hacker Pro, uh, but it's set up exactly the right this way, so it's interesting. And one of the call to actions is signing up to the email list. And it comes up a few times throughout the site signing up to the email list. So I was like, oh, that's interesting because in a financial market, like people are not looking to like invest today and then never invest again tomorrow, right? The financial market building an email list, it's like the holy grail. You can sell people again and again on extremely well-paying offers. And it's that was something I would do, especially given the fact that these guys are investing quite significantly in info content. And so I signed up to the contest, I signed up to the email list and I got absolutely nothing. Crickets, not even a welcome email, nothing was set up, etc. 
And I felt like it was a massive uh, opportunity for them to like even email back with like a welcome email that maybe 24 hours later, be like, hey, here's the best crypto exchanges. Go check them out. And bam, all your affiliate links paying like $150 per sign up, et cetera. And just have at least a mini autoresponder or like take care of your email list a bit. But nothing happened when I signed up. And one thing that came up to me when I was going through this site, I got some uh, fool.com vibes. I made one of the newsletters about fool.com on like how, you know, how to make eight figures with SEO. That was the email, like super clickbaity. Hey, I need people to open the email, you know, sorry guys. But that was a cool one because I broke down how fool.com makes actually eight figures per year. It's in there, you know, they, they have their revenue publicly listed and they make that much. And they don't make it by promoting affiliate offers. They make it by selling their own info products in the financial market. But the really interesting part is how they take their SEO traffic, like, through like random clickbait articles that either people share or rank on Google. And then they write conclusions to their articles that always say the same thing. If you want to learn how to convert to products with info content, go read articles on full.com. Please do that. It's an education for you. And you will see how the, the conclusion every single time says, Oh, but there's better. There's these top 10 stocks. If you pick them, they're gonna, you're going to be making like three, you're going to beat the market three times or something like this. Uh, every single time it sends you to like this free opt-in to know the 10 stocks and then eventually they upsell you to your stuff. Now, I'm not saying that these guys need to do all of that. But I'm saying if these guys were taking that, like making a, a lead magnet, for example, where like, um, oh, here's like five altcoins that these 10 worlds invested in or whatever. And then essentially the conclusion of every info article, you know, led to that, they would be getting so many email leads and then they could have this autoresponder make money on autopilot for them, promoting these exchanges, promoting, you know, some, I guess, uh, can you affiliate uh, IPOs? I'm not sure. ICOs, I, by IPOs, the way. ICOs. Or ICOs. Yeah, you see how good I am at crypto. <laughs> ICOs, probably in some way. I think way, some of them like, have affiliate programs, right? So, like, that's the kind of opportunities for a list like that, right? Where to monetize this kind of stuff, monetize with exchanges, even send info emails and then just have like links to exchanges at the bottom, et cetera, and really like build up that audience. Even if you have 20K visits per month, if you can get a large percentage of opt ins from these people, and these people are investors, yeah, there's decent cash to be made. And I, I would love to actually run a site like that. It's pretty fun, I think. So I think that is the weakest point, is they don't understand like this, this building the audience. And I think when you have low traffic and when traffic is hard to come by, like in a financial niche, this is how you, you make your site take off, even if your traffic is not skyrocketing in like hockey stick in Ahrefs, you know? So here's what I would do with that site. I would first review the top 50 pages that are getting the most traffic and both rework their conclusion, but also make sure the call to actions are here, like this Bitrex versus Binance page that gets a lot of traffic and it's not monetized at all and it's a huge waste. I would have an exit pop-up on all pages, including affiliate pages, that, you know, has this ad coin CTA for like a lead magnet or something. Maybe on these affiliate pages, you can make an exit pop-up that sends people directly to the exchanges. It works quite well as well. I would have an on-page load pop-up for uh, info content. So like the content that is not directly monetized, uh, with like a direct affiliate offer, it's not as strong of a buying intent. Then I would promote my lead magnets on page load. That's what gets the most opt-ins. I would build up regular emails, like much more than what they have now. I think they might be doing one a week, but I'm not sure. Uh, mixing news, but also promoting these exchanges. And I would massively rework how we, write, how we write conclusions. I would really make my writers study full.com 
because these guys are geniuses in how they take social media and search traffic, all that free traffic, and make millions and millions with it in the exact same niche. And if you want an education, really go and check full.com. And I think this site is a great starting point to build a similar business. All right. So the next one I have chosen is highgroundgaming.com. As far as I can tell, it's a pretty old, about eight years or so uh, old gaming site run by what looks like three I don't know, real gaming fans, definitely real people, uh, probably started this. I get the impression this site was started a long time ago, maybe as a bit of a hobby, fun blog, people just uh, writing about how to, I don't know, do well in League of Legends or, you know, best multiplayer games for Xbox, things like that. They have a really quite diverse range of content on their site. They have these, let's say, just information for gamers and then they have like hardware section as well, like the best microphone for gaming or uh, reviews of specific headsets or keyboards or things like that. And I know that's a very profitable affiliate space because the, the products are quite expensive and there's new ones coming out all the time. So people tend to upgrade these things fairly frequently. The site has is DR44, which isn't very high for an eight-year-old site. It has about 100,000 visitors per month, according to Ahrefs, but that's actually down from 400,000 a few years ago. So it's been on a sort of slow-ish decline over the last over the last few years. I think there's many issues with, with this site. But you know why it's going down? Because they have some sections about games that are a lot less popular now than they used to be as well, you know? Yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility. I would say that there are definitely some on-page issues they, they have going here. For example, the navigation. And this isn't unusual for sites which are eight years old and that you haven't really like structured them particularly well or thought through categories and organization, which I think is what's happened here. If you want to navigate around the site, you have a menu at the top. There's some guides for specific games. There's a hardware button that goes to a page, which I don't know what I'm doing, but I can't click on any of these like the chairs, laptops, streaming, oh, yeah, it looks work. like category <laughs> buttons. It just doesn't work. I tried it in a different browser as well without an ad block. So nothing like that. I think they worked happening. with the, the subscription box website. Like it's the same yeah. design now, you know? So they've essentially <laughs> got a pointless page here that's not, it doesn't link anywhere. So there's no link juice flowing around there. They have this interesting section with how pros set up their, their games in Fortnite, like all the settings they use and stuff. They have a section which is uh, on games, which is just a blog roll in chronological order of all of their guides, uh, yeah. game reviews and guides and things like that. So if you want to find something, you have to basically scroll down, click on older entries, have a look through, or probably go to search because nothing's categorized. And the same is true in the review section. It's just a feed of reviews and roundup reviews. If you want to look for mouse or keyboard or microphone, you can't because Welcome the to hardware page doesn't work. Welcome to default pages, yeah. Exactly. On WordPress. So the, and nobody, nobody uses search on, on someone's site. You just go to Google well. and search somewhere, somewhere else. It, it's, yeah, it doesn't perform very well. The problem with all this isn't just Mark can't find his way around the site. It's that the link juice which their homepage has a lot of, they have some links from pretty big sites. It's not flowing anywhere particularly well. So the, the sub pages and especially the older, older stuff, 
it's just not receiving any of that like popular link juice from the homepage, which is coming from external sites. And that's a, a real missed opportunity there, given that they have so much content and decent sort of uh, backlink profile as well. Uh, not to mention, it's incredibly hard to find your way around the the site. There's no silos set up, and I know they probably set up just the, without the kind of category structure in the URL. That's, what they That's do, yeah. fine. You don't need to. You don't need to do that. But they haven't even tried to to kind of make what do you call it, like virtual silos or or anything like that. They have a, a best microphones for gaming page. There's a bunch of microphones on there. They have individual reviews of most of those microphones, many of which they have the actual product in the hand. They're taking photos of it. They're really doing all of these things really, really well. But you can't navigate from one to the other. There's just a there's no organization or category system. They're both just dumped into the reviews blog roll. And there's no internal linking it. as well, like zero almost. It's they only it's link bad. out. It's bad. They 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 do. I've seen a few internal. Yeah, there's links. one or two, but it's not but, great. Yeah. So this site would benefit, I think, from uh, an audit of the the site structure, the internal linking, the navigation, and I really think that would have a big impact. Once, once it's done, not it gets quite difficult to do. I know when when you have sites which have thousands of pages, which are eight years old, it gets really difficult to manage that quantity of content after a while. But the the reward for for going through and, and fixing it is going to be quite significant. I think you can make it quite simple. They just need to build like simple hub pages, you know. So it's like um, they just like make a page that's like I mean they fix the hardware page that was kind of the idea, I guess. But then you click on microphone and just like just make a list of text links on the one page on the white page. People who are in the auto site system, go check the the case study site. That's pretty much what we did, and it navigates quite easily within like three clicks of the homepage. You get to any content page kind of and you don't need to make it more complicated than that it's just like don't be afraid to make it a few levels deep so that like any given hub page doesn't end up with like 300 links you know and yeah make a blank page with a, a list of uh, a list of links sometimes it's enough and even if it's not extremely well designed it's easy to navigate at least you know yeah. and it gives a lot of context to google because you can anchor you can use the anchor text and it's like text linking to pages etc so yeah the next issue I've identified is their lack of focus. So they've spread themselves too thin on, on content in, in each category, and it's just, it's a mess. It's, it's all over the place. The actual content which they're writing is excellent. It's very, very good. One of the best examples of, of content from an affiliate site we've talked about on um, the, this podcast, to be honest. It's just, they, they have a, they do like two reviews last month and then none the previous month, but they did like, you know, four, PC game guides at the same time. And it's just, it's kind of like they're spreading themselves quite thin. It's a bit all over the place. Their monetizations, they've got a mix between ads. They're using Mediavine, which is good, but they also run affiliate offers mostly to, to Amazon, which is, you know, okay for the hardware stuff. I'm not sure where they're making most of their, their money, but they're, they're just, they have content everywhere. They have Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, every social media platform, nobody likes any of their posts on Facebook. They have like a thousand fans and just no engagement, but they're making decent posts on there, like nice images. I think they're wasting like, their time then, yeah. They're totally wasting their time on yeah. there. Making posts on Facebook in general is kind of a waste of time these days. They have like 10 YouTube videos over the last couple of years. Yeah, and don't bother. They're good. Don't get me wrong, but they're just, they're yeah, not, not. 10 videos is not. Like the, you need a lot of content on a regular schedule to be able to make any of these platforms take off. So what you want to do is you want to pick one thing and just do that thing really, really well. So it could be their their guides. 
and uh, they just need to focus on that, just do that, and then make make money off of ads. Maybe their their hardware reviews. I suspect it's the it's the guides, but this is probably why they're declining in in traffic over over time. I think game guides is not well. that great of an idea as well. It just gets out of fashion too fast. I mean, Maybe. you could say the same thing about hardware, but everyone's mm, always no, buying. It, you need a new keyboard. You always need a keyboard. Your hot pages can rank forever. You can always rank for like best mechanical keyboard or best gaming mouse, best high DPI mouse, da, 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 et cetera. Like you can maintain these rankings and then just change the items on it. So while the individual items do change, I think there's some permanence that you can build into that that can be quite interesting. I think this, their content is good enough as well that they can write about like how to set up your desk for gaming and these kind of like keywords that will be more evergreen than like another Fortnite guide and it gets patched and it's just not the same, you know? They have an email list as well. I didn't test it out to subscribe to it, but their opt-ins are shit. It's it's the standard. Subscribe to get the high ground report, which is like some information. Like you're subscribing to get their their blog posts. And it's like, nobody does that. Nobody cares. You need to give people a compelling reason to opt-in. So that's some piece of content I mean, it's that they can only get by done. opting in. Like the yeah. same, like the YouTube channel or something. I think they're trying to take too much. They are. So if you don't, if you're not going to do one of those things properly, don't do it. Free your time and just focus on the things which are making you money and moving, moving the needle. They've thrown a lot of the shit of shit at the wall over the years and some of it has stuck, but there's a lot there that just, they need to cut the losses and double down and, and, and focus. Finally, uh, I had a look at their affiliate content and there is some some pretty big optimization optimizations that they can uh, do there as well. So the, they don't have any initial call to actions at the top of their their articles. So best, I'm looking at best modems for gaming, which according to Ahrefs is one of their biggest pages in terms of traffic. And right at the at the top, there's just the the answer like which is the best one. It's not there. They don't have a link to it. You scroll down. And then they have this table, standard affiliate table. It's not very well thought through because there's there's, there's no, no order from it. Is this who's number one? It doesn't say. It's not ranked. I presume it's the one at the top. I'm not sure though because there's no way of of telling that just just by no looking at it. Too. There's no buttons. You can click on the the I name know, to, to so go. Right. The the image doesn't work, which which is another option. But one thing that frustrates me a lot is in their table, they've got cost as a column. And they've quantified that by uh, a money bag <laughs> icon. And I, I, at least I think it goes from one to four. I haven't seen a five. But you know so why I'm they do sure. that? Because the prices change all the time. They do that because on Amazon, you can't, yeah, unless yeah. you use the API, which isn't too difficult to set up for a site like this. Should yeah, be able but to just do don't it. do it, to be honest. But you can't do that. So they've tried to quantify, is it, oh, is it a budget, kind of intermediate, more expensive, top end? That's what they're doing. Except the way they've labeled it, it's cost. So does a cost of one, does that mean a low cost or the value for money is low? Like which is high and which is low? These two it's bags not, exactly the double of one bag, and like it's not <laughs> super it obvious. It looks like these uh, Facebook uh, images, like oh, if you're the top five percent smartest people, you can answer this one, and it's like two bags equals three, and four bags equals yeah. <laughs> so it reminds me. So of the, that. the the modem at the top of the list, it has a speed of twenty five hundred megabits per second, and a cost of three. But number four on the list has, sorry, number five on the list has the same speed, but a cost of two. So by the information displayed here, shouldn't that be better? 
And I know there's a lot more to it than that. It's just, it's really confusing and not very compelling the way they've presented the information on that, on that table. So it's a big source of confusion, I would, I would say. The product sections, same as the VPN site, they're not linking to the product from the title. Uh, they do uh, have a, a button which is kind of okay, but it's just it just doesn't look great. I think if they spent if they spent half the time they spent making Facebook posts, making this bit look better, they'd make a hell of a lot more money. That's yeah. for sure. And again, no call to action at the end of the article, so that's a, a waste of opportunity. Yeah, they explain your their process at the end, which is kind of weird. It's like oh, I've read the whole article and now you tell me how you did it, which is like yeah, you should tell me that before. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, conclusions in general, it's like it's one of the most underestimated part of content. Like, if people read your whole page, they're really into it. Like, sell them something, like, send them somewhere where it's going to make you money. Most people just close their content and, yeah, it's like, well, see you guys later. <laughs> and it's just it. It's kind of like when we finish the podcast, you know, it's like we're terrible. Although we did send people to the newsletter today. So I guess, I guess we're not, we could be, we could, we're not that bad. It's like, I like to be as hard with us as we are with people. I think that's the fair way of doing things. Uh, but yeah, I think the conclusion could be done better. Anything else to add to this site? No, with both of these sites that, that I mentioned, I don't think they're particularly bad. I think there's just so yeah, many good quick wins that's like it would transform them, honestly. But you know, sometimes it's very hard when you're working on a site to like see these quick wins. And it's like, I'm yeah. sure people are looking at our stuff. They're like, these guys are fucking idiots. Like they're yeah. just like, <laughs> they're like missing all this stuff, etc. They're talking on their podcast. They do this podcast instead of like fixing this on their site. What the hell are they doing, etc. So, you know, it's a, it's pretty easy to, to criticize from that point of view. And I, I want to emphasize that as well, because it's like, I don't want to like take people like I know everything and you guys don't know anything, etc. It's definitely not the case. And very, very often it's hard to identify what you should be doing when you are external. And that's why things like mastermind, for example, are quite useful and so on, and meeting people who are in the same industry as you and like sharing some of your stuff and they share some of their stuff. You kind of have a pact of non-aggression, I guess, uh, when you open up. And you do like get some different perspectives and that often helps you uncover these low-hanging fruits. And I'm telling you, you go on our sites, you'll find a bunch of stuff that we could do that we're not doing right now. Uh, and to be frank, for example, I've been criticizing conclusions some of our sites, I, I do wish our writers did better at conclusions as well, etc. So there is all these things. But I still think that kind of brainstorming and looking at these sites is a cool way to learn how to uh, improve websites. And I think I hope that was useful and interesting to you guys. If you want even more interesting stuff, go and sign up to our newsletter. Here's my, uh, call, my city at the end, you know, in my conclusion. And other than that, subscribe on YouTube, like, tell us what you think and tell us which of the case studies was your favorite in the comments. By the way, you know, last week we did this, uh, I mean, two weeks ago we did this podcast on, you know, trying to sell a site to each other. It does look like you won and people liked your your winch site better. And someone commented that uh, they're Canadian and they use the winch. So uh, your, your stereotypes <laughs> case are Case closed. Exactly. Your stereotypes are correct. So if you were Canadian, you most likely have used the winch and you would just go for that site. So the more popular we're in Canada, the more people side with Mark, basically. So anyway, thanks for listening. Subscribe, like, go sign up for the newsletter, otoyahiko.com slash subscribe. And we'll see you in two weeks with another episode and let us know which one was your favorite site. See you later. Bye.